Hello and welcome to the Fencing Podcast. It's episode 41. I'm Gavin. And I'm Sean. And uh, yet another bumper episode from us because we're a little bit behind at the moment. Le- yeah, we, we missed out on the men's sabre from Warsaw last time mm-hmm. round. And it's just a stupidly busy time of the season with uh, things going on all the time. Usually multiple things every weekend uh, with really no no help whatsoever. Yeah, um, and we've both been on holiday. And I, I have. Sick, and I have a sick child. So it's been a struggle keeping up with it all. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's start off with our usual shout outs. Uh, so uh, first of all, thanks to Lee and Paul. You guys rock. We love you so much. We do. I'll, I'll blow them a kiss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no kisses for a patron. Sure. That would be uh, too difficult for us to do. So many of you. Indeed. Indeed. But we're always happy to see more of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few new joiners on the, on the Patreon front since the last episode. So... Uh, oh. Welcome to our our new supporters. Thank you very much. Yes, a shout out to all of the new guys. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining the party. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's where it's happening. Excellent. That's another layer on the boat. Yep. I think we'll kick things off with uh, another lovely interview from our Italian stringer, Ariana, uh, from Pianetta Skirma. Uh, and she's went out and interviewed Alice Volpi and Daniele Garozzo. Yeah, a bit of Italian glamour. Mm-hmm. World champion, Olympic champions. We've, we've got it all. And very nice people to boot. Absolutely. And here's what they have to say. Okay, so the first question is, um, has winning the Olympics changed your life? Uh, It didn't. (laughs) No, uh, more or less, uh, my life is still the same. I do uh, the same routine every day, so... Uh, I didn't change my life at all. I'm uh, just uh, more happy about my work after that day, but uh, I still continue working and studying uh, in the same identical way that uh, I did uh, until the 6th, I think, 6th of August, <laughs> 2016. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so, same question with uh, for Alicia, for Alicia, but with the World Championships mm-hmm. that you won last year. So, did it change your life or...? Uh, no, but uh, it's a fast- fantastic day, the first step of uh, my career, and uh, I hope win uh, uh, more. Uh, I feel uh, more confidence in my job. It uh, makes me so much happy. Uh, what does your training involve? Meaning um, clubs, sparring, lessons? Yeah, usually I I do fencing in the morning. I start like at uh, nine. Uh, I have my a little warm up, and uh, a quarter past nine I start fencing. I start having lesson with my coach Fabio Galli, and uh, then we have like uh, 30, 40 minutes of lesson. Then I rest uh, ten minutes and I start uh, fencing. I start fencing with my with my colleague of the club, and uh, I do like two hours. I stop at twelve quarter past uh, uh, past 12 and then I restart at uh, 6.30 the physical part and uh, I do like uh, one hour and a half so this is the routine more or less uh, every day uh, you know I, I usually I train uh, six mornings and the, on Saturday I do just the physical uh, the physical part and uh, the the other afternoon I free afternoon I do physical uh, physical part and, and stop and what about the uh, national squad? 
When we are in the training camp, it's like a little, a little bit more busy. Of course, we we do more fencing. We do more fencing for sure. The training camp is is yeah, it just it's created for that, for giving the opportunity to the one that do not fence so much in their club and fence there. So for us, that we stay in Frascati, it's useful, of course, but. Uh, you know, we are a big group also there, so it doesn't change a lot. I think for guys that don't fence uh, in their club, it's a big opportunity to train and uh, to to improve their fencing uh, in that period. Uh, I have uh, two clubs, uh, Yesi and Frascati. Mm-hmm. And in Frascati, I do ma- more uh, fencing because uh, uh, my coach, my physical coach, uh, are in Yesi. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I get up a little bit later than Daniele and uh, I start uh, the um, training at uh, 10 and uh, we, we do fencing with the girl. And then uh, in, the, um, uh, in the afternoon I, uh, I do physical preparation. And the same in Iesi? In Iesi, I prefer uh, do lesson in the morning and uh, preparation. And then in the afternoon, uh, I do fencing with the baby boy and girl. (laughs) Nice, the kids. Nice. Okay. So, the other question is, um, is your life super competitive with Enrico and Alicia? Because, of course, you've got fences around you. No, no, for us it's like we are supporter of one of each other, so we are not competitive. We have enough opponent in our category to be, to be competitive, so we just prefer to support each other and be happy about the result of my girlfriend or my brother. Same question? Is it competitive? Um, no, not competitive, but when Daniele do good performance in a competition, I want also good performance. So the other is, what are your ambitions? Uh, the dream is to uh, go to Olympic and win. <laughs> and uh, I work for uh, this. Uh, of course, uh, my dream, yes, is to, to win the World Championship. <laughs> And then uh, win the Olympics, both individual and team, and uh, <laughs> then get a Nobel in medicine. <laughs> you know, and of course, after graduating in medicine, it's another big, uh, another big step of my of my life. Another big, uh, yeah, another big goal. So I would like to to have it. And for of course, for for sure, I will have it. I don't know when, but uh, I hope to become uh, until I. I become 30, but uh, these are my, the main goal of my life. <laughs> cool. So the it's not the last, but it's, we are more or less finished. It's um, if you could change one thing about fencing, what would it be? Uh, nothing. But I liked uh, too much the fencing. But uh, is uh, the uh, the dream for my sport is more audience in the competition and uh, to have. Uh, the one day for only for the finals for example mm-hmm. and uh, for uh, a shorter competition uh, for uh, enjoy the the public uh, uh, i will change a lot of things <laughs> for sure one it's uh, the the organization of the event uh, everybody was seen a competition of fencing 
knows that uh, there isn't so much uh, audience public in the in the event just in paris we have a great organization and uh, if i if i can uh, express a dream i would say that all the competition could be like paris yeah that'd be nice um so the last thing is if you have a philosophy let's say in your sport uh you know it uh, i'm a lot of i'm really competitive but uh, in uh, in all, uh, all the last period of my of my career i try to focus on uh, giving the best of myself every time uh, it doesn't matter about the result you know this is uh, really hard for me and uh, i don't uh, succeed in this so many times but uh, uh, this is what i want to reach to just give the best of myself every day and uh, be happy about that for me is um important to have uh, uh, the stability in the life uh, i must to have uh, uh, the good uh, diet the good training and uh, the good uh, stability with daniele and then i can go to the competition with uh, the stronger uh, mind well that was great it certainly was so thanks again to ariana for coming or, um, well, I was going to say joining the payroll, but that suggests that she's getting paid, or that any of us get paid, in fact. So that's not entirely accurate. No, but uh, sure. uh, thank you very much indeed uh, to Ariana for going and doing that interview for us. Much appreciated. And hopefully we'll hear um, a whole load more from Ariana with some other interesting interviews. Yes. Got, got a few lined up, which I, I'm really looking forward to hearing. Yes, it's great to hear voices that aren't from the, the Anglosphere, if you know what I mean. Uh, indeed, yeah. yes. Well, like our own. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I appreciate the change as well. I'm sure yeah. a few other people will as well. So, um, yeah, thanks again, Ariana. That's uh, good stuff. So, I think it's time for our uh, our usual results roundup. Yeah, the last episode, quite a lot to cover in it, mm-hmm. and we covered it in huge depth. And as a result, the podcast was enormously long. And by the time I finished editing it, enormously boring. Mm-hmm. So, we're going to go for something. Quicker and punchier this time. You can't see that we're boring. You just can't see that. We're too interesting to be boring. Okay, we were boring in a kind of interesting way. How about that? That's fine. Yeah, too much. So, punchy. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Punchy. Let's go. So let's kick things off with uh, a bit of uh, sabre action from Warsaw. Yes, indeed, which I missed out the last time round because I think we were recording on the Monday and I hadn't had time to catch up with with Warsaw that time round because there was something else going on that I was watching instead. Quick summary... Cut to later stages, semi-finals. Dershowitz against O. Narrow win for young Mr. Dershowitz with a 15-14 against the, the terrifying Osanguk of Korea. Mm-hmm. Uh, so more tricks and disruption from, from Dershowitz in this one. And break, breaking up O is, is hard work, but uh, managed to do it. Took, took the narrow win. Second semi-final uh, was Karatele against uh, Max Hartung. Again, another nail-biter, 15-14. All right. Currently, um, <clears throat> just about deserving the win. Um, a little, a little bit more variety in his fencing, but you know, two semi-finals it really could have gone either way. So it looked like a, a good matchup for an exciting final. But in the end, it was pretty straightforward. You know, Dershowitz taking the taking the win, fifteen nine. He kind of always had the edge in the final, uh, eight five up at the break. Crafty got it back to within a couple with uh, a couple of counter attacks on um, Dershowitz's sort of stuttering, stuttering attack, which. Uh, it's a kind of funny looking thing, but it does cause absolute mayhem uh, in the Sabre community. But then run a hit from, hits from Dershowitz, four mid piece ones and a stop cut, 
takes it to fourteen-seven, and fights effectively over and mm-hmm. runs out with a with a fifteen-nine win for, right, okay. for yet another win to sort of reinforce his position at the top of the world rankings at the moment. He's mm-hmm. um, he's going well in the teams. I'll keep it simple. Italy won. Very for Italy. Uh, France second, which is a good result for them. Oh, yeah. they've, they've not not won for a bit and mm-hmm. are a little further down the rankings than they have been in the past. Russia taking third and Hungary fourth. Oh, right, okay. So there's our high-speed roundup round of Warsaw. Fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was good. I enjoyed it, actually. Yeah. Excellent. Continue my sabre watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the next event that we're going to cover is Vancouver Men's Epi. Ah, yes. How much of that did you see? <laughs> or how well could you see it? Uh, well, uh, we, we actually had a bit of a joke online about this with a couple of people, and I don't quite know why it was organised the way that it was because the hall it was set up like a standard World Cup hmm. with a obviously a showpiece for the final with the four satellite piece where you do all your your other action. Uh, but for some reason, it was in the far distance from the camera. Yes, yeah, and I think the camera was filming from some building next door or something. The moon, yeah. You know. <laughs> I mean, I heard a quip from, uh, I, I posted this on our Twitter feed and I had a quip back from somebody who was on the live feed saying we were all joking because as, as the day wore on, um, the action got progressively further and further away from the camera. Uh, so I, I can only guess that there was a logistical reason for it all panning out that mm. way, but it, it literally panned into the distance. It was <laughs> something else. Camera on casters. It was. Yeah. It, means it, it means we can do the, I've been dying to do this one, it's a Father Ted joke. Excellent. Uh, go, go we'll, 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 no, we'll keep no, it for later. It, we'll keep it, it, it for later. Okay, I'm looking forward to it. It's a spoiler. Um, <laughs> uh, look, but I'm, I'm going to do my usual roundup very quickly. I'm just going to focus on the top 16 uh, on the, from the entrance. Uh, the, the first noble thing is there's no Burrell. Mm-hmm. He didn't do the individual. He was in the teams. So uh, I'll just quickly run through these. In the 64, out went uh, Nikishin, uh, Kodos and Quion, and also Fava. Okay. Um, so they all departed uh, early doors there. Out in the 32, we've got Fichera, uh, McDowell. Got his name right. Good. Sevichar. <laughs> uh, and then after that, it was a, it was a, it was a fairly sort of, oh, sorry, Heinzer Pereira also went out in the, in the last 16. Mm, okay. And then inside the last eight, it became sort of a much more uh, sort of an, un, an unexpectedly uh, sort of standard run out of, of events, something you don't see very often in the epic. Hardly ever happens in men's epic. Yeah. There's always a, at least... Well, usually three or four randoms in the last eight. Yeah, indeed. Uh, not, not this time. Uh, it's not, it's not too bad this time. But uh, we'll get, we'll come back to the randoms in a minute. <laughs> uh, in the last eight, our first matchup uh, is Vismara uh, versus uh, Bardney of France. Uh, Bardney wins that one, fifteen eight. Mm-hmm. Man in fine form, indeed. He's, uh, he's in very good form at the moment. Second one is uh, well, one of my favourite fencers. Is uh, it's uh, well. Uh, he is, he is really far away and he's also really small. Uh, Boom, tish. There's your father, Ted Joe. Well yeah, done. Thank you. Uh, it's kind of cocky up against uh, Alexin and uh, another one in the top 16 there. Uh, it's a close one. This one's 15 14. Uh, our third last date is uh, another interesting match up here. It's uh, Romain Canon of France. He was a random. Okay, that's uh, not a name I'm familiar with. I'm completely unfamiliar with this guy. Uh, he was up against uh, Jacob Hoyle of the USA and uh, Jacob. Uh, Eased him out 15-13. And then our last matchup is uh, Enrico Garozzo of Italy uh, versus Ruben Lamar de Gascon. And uh, Garozzo took this one 15-14. Good. That's a sort of welcome return to form for the, the elder Garozzo. The elder Garozzo. And he's not had uh, as many results recently as he's had in the past. He seems to be... No, he's been, been a little bit of form for the last yeah, a couple of seasons, I would say. Yeah, uh, I'd say so. So nice, nice to see him 
making progress for the mm-hmm. stages. Mm-hmm. Um, so our first semi-final then was uh, Bardney versus uh, Cano. And uh, a bit of a cracker this one, actually. Um, I've, as I've already said, they're like Bardney's re- is like he's a reasonably tall guy, but he's he's not Burrell sized. No, and then who is? Well, who is? Uh, and then Cannon's obviously the size of a nine year old. Yes, and they were yeah. the other side of a car park in the far distance. And then when I was watching this, believe it or not, I actually because I had to watch it on my phone at the time. <laughs> I actually got that uh, a, a magnifying glass. <laughs> I was saying, everybody worked thought it was it really strange as I was magnifying something on my phone. Probably high tech. That's yeah. good. It worked though, I could actually watch what was happening. Uh, if anyone actually knows what happened there, I'd really die to know. Anyway, but to keep it to keep it short and sweet, uh, Cannon was all over Bardney. Uh, he's doing all these loves the kind of fence that I like from Cannon when I get to see him. Uh, lovely short flicks to wrist, keeping Bardney under pressure so Bardney couldn't do his long sort of flowing attacks. The first the first sort of period is kind of cagey, goes four three. Uh, period two, Cannon just keeps going. Uh, he starts to rack up the score, goes seven three up. And Barney really doesn't actually have a sort of response to this. And the period actually finishes 12-7. And then period three, it's over in 30 seconds. Okay. Basically, he kind of comes out of the traps. And uh, Barney just doesn't have a clue what to do, basically. But the actual final uh, attack from Cano is this lovely flesh into Barney's prep. Barney's just obviously stepping forward thinking, I need to do something. Yeah. And Cano's like, oh, fair enough, I'll flesh you then. And that's the end of that. Um, Our second matchup is uh, Jacob Hoyle versus uh, Garozzo. This is actually, I said the, the previous one was quite good. It was quite, well, from my perspective, it was quite entertaining. This is the better of the two. Oh, okay. uh, it's really quite nip and tuck. Yeah, it's really, really great. Okay, so a more a more even contest without a huge bias in favour yeah. of one thing or the other on your part. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I say that, but in period one, I mean, uh, I really like the way uh, Jacob Hoyle fences. He's really like his feet. He's kind of he's ready all the time. He's got this amazing hand speed. And he's got a very dynamic approach where he, uh, he can sort of like probe over the top and finish on the foot and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Garotz is fencing old school, like he does, kind of with the absence of blade and the blade in the low line. So um, Hoyle's kind of managing it uh, quite well. Uh, at one point, there's a really lovely sort of exchange of, exchange of sort of parries, parries and uh, Garotz scores with a really lovely uh, counter flick. It's like flick, 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 flick. Oh, it's, really, okay. it's really lovely yeah, exchange. Yeah, uh, anyway, it finishes off uh, with Hoyle actually leading 7-4. Period two kind of goes pretty much like the first period uh, with Garotz, I think, fencing a touch closer. Uh, what he was trying to do, obviously, was draw um, Hoyle out a little bit more, see if he can catch him a bit more. And then he starts to drag it back. Um, with one minute left, the score's sitting at 8-7 and then finishes at 9-8 uh, for Hoyle. So Garotz has really kind of compressed the score down. Yeah. It's still down by quite a lot. And this seems to be cracking it. And then period three... His score just almost immediately evens out to 10 all, and both of them kind of are kind of like just sticking to it. Um, Hoyle's doing less of these flicks, and he's trying to put more direct pressure onto Garozzo, and he's trying a lot of these sort of counter six uh, style attacks, uh, and the score sort of drags away to, to Hoyle 14 12 up, and then, uh, sorry, 14 12 to Garozzo, sorry, and then there's some awesome fencing from Hoyle, and he tries really hard to finish this all off with a flesh. And it gets to this point where it's like a 50-50 jab and it becomes 14-all. So it's, it's actually a quality period. And there's only 15 seconds left because we've got these, this new rule. Mm-hmm. Neither fencer wants to attack because it's totally risky. Yeah. So they both just stand there, hop backwards and forwards for 15 seconds. So get 15 seconds of, uh, shall we say, classic epi to finish off with. <laughs> the final minute, the priority goes to, to Garozzo. Garozzo actually changes completely. It goes and engages his blade this time. Um, Hoyle tries to get through, but uh, Garotta just does a lovely uh, stop hit to arm, and that's the end of that. 
And it's like, it's over in about 10 seconds. Right. Um, so you can tell I was quite excited about that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was really excellent, really worth worth checking out. Okay, even uh, in the far distance? Even in the far distance. Make sure you've got your highest strength magnifying glasses mm. on. because Set binoculars. Yeah, whatever it takes, a microscope. So the final was uh, Garozzi versus Cocky. It's, it's actually kind of calm opening. Uh, Cocky gets his first hit with a, this really kind of lovely drop to leg. Uh, the period finishes 3-5, so Cocky's up by two points. Uh, we've actually spent a lot of time at this point in Kano's half uh, with Cocky engaging the blade uh, and uh, Garotz kind of just try, try to chase him down. It doesn't really it doesn't really work. Period 2 starts off, and I'm going to be quite honest with you, it's kind of all over now because it starts with this kind of lovely counter flesh from, from Kano and it kind of it just goes on and on from there. And at one point, Kano is 13-5 up. Oh, that's got his hand pretty quickly. Absolute pasting. There's nothing that Garotsu can do. He try, he's, he's still sticking to his games, keeping his blade low. He's trying to keep it out of line, mm. but Kano just basically doesn't care. He keeps pressure on the hand. Mm. So if Garotsu so much as even twitches, he hits him on the hand. Garotsu obviously tries to, to step away. So Kano just calmly steps forward, keeps pressure on the hand. If Garotsu steps in, gets fleshed in the chest or something along those lines, yeah, step yeah. lunge, something like that anyway. So it, with a lead like that, I was kind of wondering if anything would really happen. Garotsu scores another hit and then Kano just finishes him off with another couple of... Uh, like short attacks into Garotz's prep. And it's, in, it's over in the second period in less than a minute. Pretty ruthless. Yeah, so, so we went in that 5-3 and it finished 15-6 finished, uh, in less than a minute. It was quick. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's not hanging around, is it? No, no, not at all. And a Japanese win. So A Japanese win. Hooray for me. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I'm quite happy. I'm not entirely sure what the Japanese salute for that would be yet, but... Um, no idea. Whatever it is, exactly. you're, you're producing it. It's a podcast. You can, you can make it up. Imagine. Imagine I'm doing that right now. Yeah. The teams on the following day were quite interesting. Mm, yeah. Uh, lots of lovely, lovely, lovely cool results. We're just going to start off with the first of our, uh, our, our I guess, our, uh, the semi-finals. And we, the first matchup is Denmark versus Israel. Yeah, not, <laughs> not one you would have predicted at the start no, of the day. But, I mean, they, they both had, both teams had uh, big wins along the way. Uh, I mean, slightly worried about myself that you you quizzed me before we started recording about who had finished where. Yep. <clears throat> and I was I was dangerously well informed. Yeah. Which, which doesn't happen that often. Yeah. But yeah, it's sufficiently outstanding results from two of the sort of less well known epi fencing nations in in Denmark and and Israel. Well, Israel are probably shown more signs of it recently. Definitely, like this year, this yeah. in this this part of the year, definitely they've had a couple of great their fencing had a couple of great results. Yeah, but some big big wins for uh, for the Danes along the way. Indeed. Uh, so Denmark put out Korea in the last sixteen. Yeah. Uh, 44, 44, 42, quite quite close. And then in the last eight, they put out Ukraine thirty nine thirty eight. Yeah. I'm just going to say something horrible here. You deserved it. We haven't, we haven't, we haven't, got, past, we haven't got past the last bit, I think. Yeah. Is, this, is this our new country that we've fallen out with? Yeah. Well, I've fallen we're out we're expanding. You've, you've fallen out with Ukraine. Yeah. Oh, dear. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that was, that's actually quite interesting. And then Israel's uh, journey on the way up was another good one for them as well, because uh, uh, in the last 16, they beat Hungary. Yeah. Uh, it's quite comfortable in here. It's 43-38. And then in the last eight, they put out Germany, uh, 45-39. Yep. So uh, good on Israel there, and good job. Anyway, sorry, we'll get back to the actual action. So uh, in the semi-final, it was Israel versus Denmark, and it finished 45-42. So a good result there, I think. For? Oh, sorry, for Israel. For Israel. For yeah. Israel, yeah. In a day of shocks, you've got to be sure. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Indeed. Um, but like you couldn't have called that. I wouldn't have been able to call that one without actually sitting down and watching it. But I think I think it would have my money would have been on Israel at the start because they've had fences. You've probably yeah. Yeah. done something recently. Denmark's had good fences in the past though. Uh, and the other semi-final was a bit more sort of a conventional affair. We've got uh, uh, Russia versus France, and uh, Russia uh, defeated France 45-33. So our final was Israel versus Russia. Bit of a straightforward affair with Russia taking it 45-36. Okay, so no repeat of the earlier shocks no, no, come the, the latter stages. But I am going to mention one little shock because I still haven't got over it, and that was... Uh, what happened to your Japanese... Yeah, what happened to my Japanese team, Sean? Yeah. What's happened to them? Tell us. They were beaten by our team. Beat by Britain. Britain by Britain, hooray. Yeah. Last 16. Uh, uh, no, last, last 32. Sorry, last 32, yeah, yeah. sorry. Uh, for the GB guys. So, uh, not bad, guys. Well done. You beat Japan. I'm only slightly annoyed about that. If somebody's going to beat Japan, you would probably want it to be the British. Yeah, guys. exactly. It can be patriotic that way. Yeah, yeah. Give it a try. <laughs> So there we go. Uh, that's our lightning fast round, uh, run through Vancouver. Impressive, yeah. So Vancouver, it's a long way away, no matter how you look at it. Yeah, I mean, I may as well have been looking out the window because it was that far <laughs> away. <as well. laughs> okay, let's uh, let's find somewhere closer and, and better broadcast then. Yeah. So uh, let's go to Italy next. Uh, yeah, let's. Yeah, let's because uh, there's lots of stuff happening there. Yeah. So that was the Turin Grand Prix. It is the first uh, full Grand Prix of the season. And accidentally, in the in the spirit of doing things more quickly, I left my notes for uh, Turin carefully noted down in another notebook, not the one that I brought with me this evening to uh, Casa del Gav. Oh well, never mind. Um, so this is <laughs> this is going to be uh, extremely high speed, uh, but I'll run th- quickly through the early departures. Mm-hmm. Out in the sixty four, Tibas, Trapapina, and Bettini. Out in the thirty two. Uh, Harvey, Gion and Zuma, 16 departures, um, loads here, Kiefer, Bubakri, Erigo, Prescott, Ross, who else? Yeah, that was that was about it for the, oh, and uh, it was Di Francesca that put out Kiefer, 15-14, mm-hmm. so a uh, good one there, I went back and watched, mm-hmm. and uh, Camilla Mancini put out uh, her teammate uh, Erigo, 15-12 there Ooh. as well, so a uh, bit of a shock with that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, our semi-final lineups in Volpe beat uh, young Leonie Ebert, uh, who now follows us on Instagram, by the way. Oh, so um, hello, listening. Hello, Leonie. Fifteen eight there. Anastasia Ivanova of Russia beat Larissa Korobanikova, also of Russia. Fifteen six. Elisa Di Francesca beat Camilla Mancini. Fifteen eleven. And uh, Francesca Palumbo, in the big shock of the quarterfinals, yep. gave an absolute pasting to you know Derigozova, fifteen five. Yes, when I saw that, I could not believe it. Yeah, it was incredible. Um, mm-hmm. The the score accurately reflects the the pattern of the fight. It was uh, incredible. Do you think everybody in on the circuit is now taking notes to watch and rewatch and rewatch? You here's the chink in Derigozova's armor. Well, uh, I mean Derigozova doesn't win all the time. But this, this was a real hefty beating. Uh, and basically what Francesca Palumbo did was she got out of the way of Derigozova's attack repeatedly, repeatedly, until Derigozova went just a little bit too quick. And then Palumbo would do a sort of beat parry riposte right. and close in quickly. Mm-hmm. Or 
let uh, Gerald Gazova build up a bit of a head of steam, trying to catch up with uh, Palumbo, who'd been previously getting it the way okay, and then hit with a counterattack. Right. And, and the occasional sort of yeah. fast, slightly slightly rushed attack from, mm-hmm. from Palumbo. It's a, it's a surprise, there's a bit of variation. Um, and it all worked. And um, yeah, it was a, a route. So I, I shouldn't quite sound quite so happy about that. And I, I do worry that I'm starting to become like a uh, some some hater on... Uh, I'm no, sure the perf- perfectly lovely and no, 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 extremely you, successful in a Dergozova. You just say you, don't, you find her fencing a bit cold. It doesn't fill you with joy. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so on to our semi-finals. Uh, Volpe against Ivanova. Um, as I say, no notes here, but my recollection of this one was that um, it was a pretty good scrap. Yep. Volpe largely looped in control of things, but never never could really establish any sort of a big lead. She mm. could never get away from Ivanova, who who made her work very hard for it. Uh, yeah, I mean, Volpe eventually taking a fifteen twelve win. Yeah, I mean, I've got some notes here with uh, uh, Ivanova uh, quite a good way that she was able to get into distance, and then she would attack really fast into Volpe, and mm. Volpe would basically be was managing the distance by keeping it longer. Um, but Alice wasn't really it was really up in front until even over equalised at ten all, mm. and that was with uh, a great video call to stop Volpe from going up because she was uh, it would have been eleven nine, but the Niven was like no 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 hang a minute do, do the recall now oh, it was ten all as a result. Ah, okay, and that's, that's, that I've got a couple of notes from that here, and that's uh-huh. that's that's my summary basically of the interesting points from it. Okay, but then then after that Alice just goes and wins it after that. Yeah. So. So it, to me, it felt like a, a fight where uh, Volpe was dominant. Yes. Whereas she felt that Ivanova might uh, disrupt things enough yes. to, to, to steal the win. Yeah, I think it's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. Okay, jolly good. Second semi final, Di Francesca against Palumbo. Uh, pretty one sided stuff here, uh, Di Francesca. Yeah. Delighted that our young teammate had made such a good job of mm-hmm. uh, knocking out the world number one, but uh, not grateful enough to get her. To let her have more than seven hits, and a, right. a comfortable fifteen seven win. Um, really, did Francesca totally in control of things? With she this was. one wasn't wasn't falling for any of the tricks that uh, had been no. so successful for Palumbo in the in the quarterfinals. Yeah, I've got a couple of notes from this one as well. Uh, di Francesca's lead was uh, it was six points yeah. before Palumbo actually managed to score, and I think that I think the height difference was a big. Factor in this one because Stephen is quite tall. Yeah, she is. I mean, she uses her height as well, a lot smaller. Yes, and Stephen uh, Francesca is also. I think it's going to send a weird. Let's say a weird thing here. I think she feels a bit old school with the way that she fences with foot, the footwork traps. Feel like they're from a slightly different era. Do you know what I mean? Well, well to some degree, I mean, but it's like it's D- like that. Stephen Francesca is now in her mid thirties. Must be, yeah. Plumbo, comparatively speaking, is a, is a youngster, mm-hmm. 20-ish, 21 I'm not perhaps. Sure. I'm not sure. Um, so there's a big age gap, and Di Francesca's fencing is probably from a time when, when Vitsali was... That's what I'm saying. It's like, it was that kind of era where it was all about the footwork traps, and yeah. I felt that the match had that kind of feel to it, where somebody was trying something, well, kind of new, and it wasn't the other, the other fence just had too much experience and knew how to read it, essentially. Yeah. Uh, it was doing all the stuff that you would expect, the sort of the weird slight half turns and things to knock the blade out of the way. And yeah, anyway. Yeah. It, but it was kind of like, ooh, ouchie. That's what I yeah. was looking at. <laughs> yes. yes. All, all in favour of encouraging young teammates, but not too much. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so on to the final. Uh, and again, because I don't have any notes, um, it's going to be a, a, an impressions only uh, recollection of, mm-hmm. of this one. 
Have you got something? I've got some stuff here. Uh, Remind my, me close. close, close-ish for the first. The first period, point? nope. Uh, finished eight-two. Oh, okay. Because uh, Volpe was completely dominant throughout the first period, basically not having any of these footwork trap nonsense going on. Just basically, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> just uh, just uh, picking her off as uh, different. She's busy manoeuvring. Uh, Alice is just getting in about her and yeah, picking her off becomes a becomes a timing exercise. What, yeah. what little bit of footwork is the, exactly. the cue when you're slightly off balance? And I can, I yeah, can exactly. That's it. exactly what's happening. Yeah. yeah. And then mother mother over here is that in period two, uh, Volpe was so dominant. I thought she came out a little bit sleepy. Right, and that allowed uh, Di Francesca to open up a crack and come back to six eight. Hmm. So it looked like it was all on, and then after that, Alice decides that time to switch back on again. Yes, enough of enough playing. Yep, back to yeah. back to business. Indeed, with uh, I think the last it was quite playful though. That's the other thing I've written here. Uh, Volpe finished off with, and rather she just hit with Di Francesca with something like I don't know three four uh, cut over flicks to the shoulder, hmm. uh, and then all of a sudden changes to a simple beat parry. Right. Like, oh, have some of that. Yeah. <laughs> Another one of these? No, it's not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's no, good. Yeah. I mean, well, we like a bit of playful fencing. That's uh, yeah. That's good. We're all we're all in favour. So, mm-hmm. in the end, a pretty commanding performance from from world champion Indeed. Lisa Volpe to she was fine for him. I thought from what I saw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, good to see. Mm-hmm. Good to see. So, first first Grand Prix of the season. Thumbs up. Yep. We like um, Turin's a funny one because it's one of those ones where. Occasionally, the, pa- the camera will pan round the venue. Yeah, and it's a it's a massive venue. It's huge. It's really big. Yeah, and there's hardly anybody there. Yeah, I mean the the camera panned round in that particular one that we were just talking about, and I don't know if you imagine it's like a big sort of circular auditorium type thing, mm. and they've basically split it in half, and that and one half is where the fencing is, and then it's like one segment that's got people in it. Yeah. And it's like, why did they put it in such a... It must have a special deal in it or something. It's, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but yeah. So yeah, it doesn't, doesn't pull in the crowds, which always slightly surprises me that uh, it doesn't generate more public interest in... It's always well presented and everything. Yeah, There's absolutely. No, no problems it's with no obvious, that uh, obvious sort of fall, mm-hmm. you know, flaws in the, the competition, but yeah. yeah it's, uh, it's one where it always strikes me the, the audience looks um, tiny in a big venue. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Anyway, no. <laughs> so onto the men's foil side of the Turin Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. Uh, early departures out in the sixty-four. Hyo the four, uh, Davis and Arslanov out in the sixty-four. Cruz, Garotz and Lepeshu out in the thirty-two. Obviously, we we're celebrating Richard Cruz's rise to top of the world rankings in the last mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. Here he gets a bit of thumping off. Uh, Hungary's Daniel Dosa, I think it was, oh, really? um, to go out in the 32, which, um, well, we'll maybe have a quick mention of the world rankings at the end of this, but uh, okay. not a good thing for Mr. Cruz. Uh, out in the 16s, Kisara, Yavador, and Nick Itkin making another another good result. In sharp contrast to his senior teammate, Miles Chandler Watson, who mm-hmm. was eliminated in the first round, did make the cut. Oh, he's not had a good season this year. He's had the odd moment. Um, what do you mean? He made the last eight in Tokyo, but. Yeah, Nick Itkin keeping the pressure on. Mm, indeed. So our quarterfinals, Cody beats Safin, 15-12. Okay. Uh, and Bowden beat Cherry Misanoff, 15-13. Watch this one. And uh-huh. that was all the beautiful fluent fencing from one side of the piece and <laughs> all the dirty tricks from the other. <laughs> just, yeah. just exactly as you would expect. Yeah. But um, uh, eventually a, a, a 15-13 win for uh, the, the side of beauty. <laughs> Meinhardt beat 
Avalar 1511, uh, another good scrap between these two, more, again, more beautiful fencing, mm-hmm. a little more straightforward this time, more more good form from uh, from Meinhardt. And in the last of the quarterfinals, Kalong Chung of Hong Kong uh, beat Alex Masialis at 15-7, real proper Oof. thumping. Yeah. Right. And uh, Chung looked in fine form. Uh, he's a fencer that he sort of persistently hangs around the top 16. Mm-hmm. But I never hear us mentioning his name. We've mentioned him a couple of times. That that late, and consequently, I almost had struggled to remember what his fencing looks like. But when you when I watch him put in a performance like he did against Massey Alice here, mm-hmm. he looks immense. And I wonder why we don't see him more often. Uh, some people just don't have can maintain their form. That you know, yeah, it's, it's very rare to have that cons- that consistency is hard to maintain. True. I notice he doesn't have. A, I wonder why he trains because his coach looked. Maybe Italian or something, or whoever it was that was in his corner. So I'm not sure where he actually trains. If he is in Hong Kong or if he's... As far as I know, he is, yeah. He is. Hmm, okay. Yeah. So that gave our semi-final lineup in Bowdoin against Fukuni, again, for the third competition in a yep. in a row, a resumption of hostilities between those two. The The last one in Tokyo had been very one-sided in favour of Bowdoin. previous one had been the semi-final in Paris, mm-hmm. where Fukuni had prevailed both times the winner of that semi-final going on to, to win the competition and this was another cracking battle with Imboden uh, taking the win uh, 15-13 right and I mean <laughs> again I've, I don't have more my notes for, for giving you a blow by blow account um, I, I've got some notes but this was a, yeah. another proper proper ding dong battle that, that kind of could have gone either way both fencers I just, I, uh, yeah. wrestling to get sort of control of the fight it was really, really it was a, I think it was a great uh, a great matchup actually I just I've, I've got here the, the both fences are moving really well there's lots of really well timed step lunges and pirate posts it's very close at the end of uh, of um, period one I mean we had a little bit of this actually recently it finishes uh, 9-7 for Mboden mm. and then the first period uh, the second period starts off with an excellent video call from uh, Fakoni. Um, the ref decides his pie riposte had initially not been given that it was given as uh, yeah. an attack from, from Mboden but then he immediately, in the, in the very next one, makes a completely shocking bad video call. <laughs> I watched this going, oh, why are you wasting your what call? You doing, it's clearly yeah. not your shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically what happened was, is then Pony, uh, I can't remember exactly, he does, a, he does a parry, pulls his arm back, stops him and has a good old think. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, uh, Race is just hitting him and then he starts again. Uh, and then he says, no, no, it's my hit. Anyway, there's a lot, there's a lot, of, there's a lot of Italian stuff going on there. <laughs> uh, uh, I've actually written down here I'm actually not sure if I've written this all down correctly anyway that goes to Mboden's point it's 10-8 Mboden stretches the lead out to 13-10 and then Fukuni pulls it back and then Fukuni scored with what I thought was like a sort of a stop hit with a block it's a really really beautiful hit mm-hmm. and Reese is actually standing there for a couple of seconds afterwards going shrugging looking at Cherioni looking at the ref shrugging Fukuni's just standing there waiting for him to just go back to his line I thought it was Quite an interesting one there. And uh, his final hit to win uh, was actually a, just a lightning fast attack off the base of the rest of the ready, set, go. Mm. And he just steps in and it's this really beautiful fast lunge, catches Fukuni absolutely napping. Yeah. And it's a, yeah, as you say, with a total ding dong, nip and tuck out the whole way. Yeah. He felt that like, another one. He felt that like one of the fences was going to take it and run off it. No, no, no. The other fence just pulls him back in again and just, yeah. just, yeah, it was really, really good. Yeah, just the the latest instalment of the Imboden mm. Vakuni show, which I, I'm thoroughly enjoying for yeah. the most part. Uh, so, second semi final, uh, Chung against Meinhardt. Yeah. Have you got notes on? I do have notes on, on, on where where the score went. 
yeah, talk, so, talk me through it, but I, yeah. I'll give you my impressions at the end of that. All right. Well, Chung Chung went five nil up mm. straight away, and it was just absolutely just a sort of a commanding look to him at that point. Uh, my heart's doing his usual sort of gliding and and then tricksy stuff whenever he can, but it's not working because Chung's just really calm uh, and sort of uh, picks him up. Uh, Chung was seven one up, in fact. Uh, when my heart tries a couple of uh, different tactics and you know stepping in on the prep, it's really quality stuff from Chung. Uh, and then my heart actually seems to self take a wee think to himself and ch- completely changes his game, and he, he just chips away at uh, Chung over the, the over the rest of the period. This, I mean, this is all in the first period, mm. yeah, and it's yeah. really the, just ticking over really quick. There's, there's no hanging around with my heart. Yeah. It's, uh, it's quick stuff. Yeah, my heart doesn't have uh, what I'm calling the Avila. A couple of times, you know, the, the step and then the flesh from nowhere. And, yeah. and that's how he equalised the score at 8 all. I've written, I've actually underscored, underlined that one there. Which I thought with was, an Avila. Yeah, with, with an Avila. And uh, Chung just grabs it by the scuff of the neck and goes back to whatever it was he was doing beforehand. Just mm. get commanding again. And the period, this is the first period, finishes 11-8 yeah. to Chung. So it's, uh, it's a quality period and it's just loads of points and loads of different, loads of different things happening in it. Uh, period 2, though, is a little bit more like a... Chung just basically just keep, keeps on going, basically, and finally finishes him up. Actually, my notes are, are incomplete for the second period, but it fin- I know it finishes the second period. It does indeed. Finishes yeah. up with a 15-12 win for, yep. for Chung. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, I'm reckoning collection of this, this. Actually, looking at the score there, that doesn't feel like it reflects the fight. My sort of recollection of it was that Chung was super impressive and largely dominant. Yeah, well, no, he was. The thing was, um, he took the big lead, stretched out a little bit more, and then Meinhardt flicked the switch, did something different for a bit. Mm. And Chung just couldn't manage it until uh, until Gerrit caught up with him. And then Chung seemed to flick his own switch and go, well, actually, no, I'm going to do it. And then came in at a slightly different timing. And that's basically when Gerrit, he basically broke Gerrit at that point. Yeah. There's nothing Gerrit could do to, to keep him under control. That was it. So, yeah, Chung looking in, in fine form. Mm. And again, optimistic for a cracking uh, final. Cracking final. Um, in the end, the only the only point of interest was... Could Imboden actually win fifteen oh, yeah. nil, which looked a real possibility at one stage. He was what did you say? It was nine nothing up at one point. He was my actual note for the first period is blimey races taking no prisoners. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he takes his foot off the gas just a little bit yep. and uh, ends up with still an extremely comfortable fifteen uh, mm. six win. So a thoroughly impressive performance in the final from yeah. From Imboden. Do you know what I wrote here? Is that Chung starts chipping away and gets back to five ten, and then my next bit is like, seriously, what has Cherry only done to race Imboden? He looks amazing. He just keeps hitting him. Like Chung, and then finishes six uh, fifteen. Oh yeah. dear God! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. I mean, it was. Uh, yeah, there wasn't much doubt about the, no. the result at any yeah. stage whatsoever. Mm. Even when uh, Chung got a sort of run of hits, it did very much feel like. Uh, and Bowden was just sort of pausing to soak up the atmosphere or something, yeah. or thinking about dinner or whatever, so, yeah. or or in fact thinking about becoming world number one, which yeah. he does as a result of. Uh, Do we call these this pity points? You know, like I'm going to take in the view. Yeah, think about my tea. You can have a few points while I'm doing that, and then I'm going to finish it off. Yep, that's pretty much how it looked. Hmm. Um, so yeah, so the musical chairs at the top of the world rankings for men's foil continues with Bowden going going top, Fukuni in second, and. Richard Cruz dropping to dropping to third with yeah you could you could throw a blanket over them in terms of the the points difference between the three of them. There's a big gap. It's still very close. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so so Richard uh, can go back to top if he has another good result. I would think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but I mean, just want to come back to I, I, the Cherry only 
and racing Bowden matchup seems to be working. Yeah, I be- think it does. Because I was under the impression that when race left uh, Dan and went to train with Sergey, hmm. I didn't think it was a good decision because I didn't think race was fencing very well. Uh, but now looking at just the season alone so far, it seems to be really, really working for race, whatever it is Cherioni's doing with him. Uh, yeah, it does. Um, he's been he's been in fine form. This is his first one of the season, but it's a, mm. a thoroughly impressive one. And he has been on the podium at least a couple of times before. I mean, yeah. this is the fourth competition of the season, I think it is. Yes. And I'm pretty sure this is his third, third podium. Mm-hmm. I think in Bonn at the start of the season, maybe the last 16 mm-hmm. or something. So, yeah. Consistent, 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 strong performances, and, and he looks uh, honestly looked amazing. <laughs> yeah, he did it. So, yeah. yeah, so yeah, plenty, plenty more to come in the men's foil mm-hmm. side of things with the as we get into the, the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. So that was Turin. It was, uh, yeah, lots of stuff to like about yeah. that one. Good as usual. Usually a good one, Turin. Yep, good one to watch. Um, so the final one we're going to cover this episode is Cairo. Mm. Uh, did you watch much of this, Sean? I watched a bit of the women's. Okay. Mentioned that I was away on holiday. Yep. For my birthday. Happy so, birthday, Sean. Yeah, I believe it's happy, but don't bother. So the, the Saturday when the men's side of uh, the Cairo World Cup, I was doing an extensive day of eating and drinking. Oh, right. So I didn't watch any of the men's. Oh, well, sucks to be you. Unfortunately, I had a sick child. Yeah. So I've had nothing. <laughs> I've been on the couch watching CBBs. I'm fully <laughs> au fait with... Uh, uh, Waffle Wonder Dog, uh, Sarah and Duck. Mm-hmm. Uh, What's your favourite? Uh, these ones. Oh, yeah. uh, ooh, probably Hey Dougie, but Sarah and Duck's pretty good as well. Oh, okay. And I really like uh, Moon and Me, which is a bit uh, sort of a weird moon baby uh, with Mr. Onions, the, the clown. Right. It's quite interesting. Okay. I don't miss any of this. <laughs> <laughs> but it's basically all I've, what I've been able to do now for two days. <laughs> Okay. Between that, we, between that and the bucket of sick, which would you yeah. hear about? Yeah. Okay, so we don't want to make any comparisons between Sabre and a bucket of sick. So nope. what do we have? Shall we do a quick run through of the results from the men's? Mm-hmm. I take it you didn't watch any of the men's. I've actually not been able to watch any of it. I've watch been so busy. Sorry. Okay, we are extremely lame. Uh-huh. And I must say, I do feel... I feel guilty because I promised I would watch every women's Sabre... Uh, tournament this season and I have this is the first one that I haven't watched anything at. Yes, yeah so it's, it's poor yeah so I'll quickly run through of um, points of interest from the mm-hmm. the main side of things um, some early departures Kratley Farjani Homer all out in 64 last out of two departures Gubon Gill Ibrahimov of Russia Satmari Sameli Pactaman out in the 16, Enrico Berry, Boyd Apte, Shetnikov, Mutano, which gives our quarterfinals. This week, we've got Sandra Pizzazzi of Georgia, mm-hmm. pulling out a big win to defeat world number one, Eli Dershowitz, 15-12. Mm-hmm. Aron Salaji beat Dmitry Danilenko of Russia, 15-13. Usan Guk beat uh, Vincent Ansett, uh, 15-11. And Kim Jun Ho of Korea beat Max Hartung 15-11. So our semi-finals, one-sided one with Zadaji beating uh, Bizadzi 15-5. And another equally one-sided semi-final uh, in the other half with U beating Kim 15-7. Mm-hmm. By the looks of things, without having seen the fight, 
not a particularly close final with O winning 15-10 mm-hmm. against the Olympic champion. You've um, got to think that that because um, that semi-final with Byzantium was another ouchy one if Aaron's just beating you 15-5. You've got to think Aaron was in a, a, on form with his magical fif- pie skills. 15-5 is um, the result's not really in any doubt there. I no. suspect at any stage no. at all. Good, good result for Byzantium though. I mean, yeah, he, yeah. he produced some decent ones and uh, getting on the podium at a, mm-hmm. a Grand Prix Another another fine performance. So the women's side, um, I did watch a bit of this. I watched the sort of later stages. I'll do a usual run through of our early departures out in the 64. Probably no massive surprises really going out in the 64, to be honest. 32s, Bianca Pascu, Kim Jion, Martina Crisio, Ariana Rigo making 32. All right. Another decent save result. Mm-hmm. Out in 16, Anna Marton, Sofia Pozniakova, Dagmara Wozniak, all going out in 16. So our quarterfinals. Uh, Sofia Velkaya beats Lisa Pustai of Hungary, 15-13. Mm-hmm. Another good result from uh, Pustai Yeah, I, I mean, because she's so young... It's it's easy to be distracted by the fact that she's now a genuine contender at these things. I think she's up to eighth or ninth in the senior rankings. What, 16, 17, perhaps? Yeah, wait a minute while well, a man looks this up on the internet. Um, her current FA ranking is 10th. 10th, yeah. So that's pretty good going for a 17-year-old. Yeah, it's, it's not bad at all, is it? Next next quarterfinal, uh, Cecilia Berder beat teammate Manon Bruni, 15-12. Olga Carlan beat... Xiao Jackie, never sure of the pronunciation of that Chinese fencer 15 6. Xiao mm-hmm. has produced a few decent results, no doubt, though. She's, uh, she's plowing her way up the rankings as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the last of the quarterfinals, Choi Sujion of Korea uh, beat Anne Elizabeth Stone of the USA 15 14. Choi, I think, was ranked just inside the top 16 coming into this. I think it shows my still sort of slightly superficial. Uh, take on women's sabre is that it was a name that only sort of vaguely rang a bell with me. I mean, she must have produced some results to to get there, but I don't remember having of talking about her before. Semi final, uh, Velikaya Berde was uh, another absolute cracker, uh, a fifteen fourteen win mm-hmm. uh, for Velikaya. A repeat of the what was it semi final or final in Salt Lake City? Yes, it was. Velikaya keeping her calm this time and not oh, yeah. not being not being thrown by any. Any of the sort of tricks and variations that the better comes up with, uh, mm-hmm. and just about getting over the line with a fifteen fourteen win. Uh, another fifteen fourteen in the other semi final with uh, Choi beating Carlan by a single hit. Um, Choi to give a, I mean, we've, we've talked about Velikaya, Carlan, and Berda in fairly great degree. We're not we're not going to offer some fresh insight in the way of the no. defence, but uh, Choi properly athletic. I mean, a, a Korean style women's super in the in the mould of the. The men's versions and uh, a good one there against uh, the very experienced Olga Carlan and give it a right good go against Velikaya. She was actually up at the, the break in the final, um, 8 7 up. Um, but then Velikaya felt like she sort of grabbed the grabbed the fight with the scruff of the neck mm-hmm. um, after the break, got better at breaking distance, making Choi overcommit in the attack and right. either picking up with a parry or pulse or making the attack fall short and then. With an attack mm-hmm. of her own, it maybe felt like Velikaya 
maybe took her foot off the, the pedal just a little bit. Mm-hmm. At that point, she, I think, stretched like a three or four hit lead and let Choi back into it before, again, getting back on back on the case and finishing the fight off with her. In the end, reasonably com- comfortable 15-12. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, strong performance from, from Velikaya in, in some tough fights, you know, mm-hmm. showing... Showing the benefit of her experience yes, and indeed. keeping calm at the key key moments. So a Velikaya win. Velikaya win. And that will make her what, world number one now? Uh, that's a very good question. I don't know. Give me a moment. I'm going to have a look. It does. It does. Not in vigorously there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, probably back to where she feels she should be. Yeah. Uh, that's just less than a year's worth of competition. She made a return, I think it was at the Moscow Grand Prix last year. So late in the season. Uh, so, so she probably doesn't quite even have a full full set of results yet, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, back at the top of the tree, and uh, so on the basis of that performance, yeah, probably good probably show for us. Yeah, why not? Yeah, <laughs> why not? Um, you you say that Choi looked like a proper kind of Korean Sabrera, so you t- mm. is she like ten foot tall? A bit like a no, tank? no, no, very fast, very aggressive, bouncy attacks when going forward, mm-hmm. uh, an athlete with a saber. All right, okay, fair enough. Uh, you, you were talking about um, show uh, there. She's only twenty-two. Ah, okay, so just a kid. Yeah, so she's not that old, and she's currently eleventh, so just behind. Yes, yeah, so I think she was just inside the top sixteen mm-hmm. coming into the weekend and and moving up with with more more good performances. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And that's so, us. Yeah, ruthlessly efficient. Mm-hmm. It's a time of year that is just ridiculously busy. I mean, Marios Gunas posted something about. How it is just too ridiculously busy uh, when she, you know, setting off to Cairo, off to something else mm-hmm. again in a couple of weeks, and, uh, and she's got a small child sort of, as well. Sort of plea with the FIE, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's too much, and I'm kind of inclined to agree with her. Well, it's hard for us to keep. <laughs> it's right. Yeah, and we're not yeah. actually there doing yeah. it. <laughs> Never mind the fencers; it's hard work for us. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, I think that probably shows. Probably shows in this episode. Yeah, I mean, I was asked by uh, one of the fencers if I watched every single bit of Epi going whenever it was available to me. And the mm. truth is, going back a couple of years, the answer would have been, yeah, I used to watch, I've watched a lot of rubbish Epi. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> That's devotion. Yeah, I've watched a lot of it. Um, but recently it's been so busy that I struggle to watch all of these events. It's just, it's, it's taken, it is actually more difficult than it used to be, I think. Yeah, I think because the senior season has become more condensed with the sort of latest restructuring mm-hmm. of the season. Most of the weapons had sort of one competition before yeah. kind of Christmas New Year. But then from middle of January onwards, it's it's absolutely manic. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's hard to be quite as nerdy about this as I used to be. Basically. Probably a good thing for my... It's, it's, my, it's, my, a, it's a blessing in disguise. Yeah. But uh, doesn't make us any better informed with word. So we're going to do a World's Coolest Spencer. Oh, sorry, this, this month's... Yeah, coolest fence on the planet. It's mm-hmm. uh, tricky one. Yeah, it is a little bit. I'm throwing in Cano because he, he won. Mm-hmm. Uh, and looked really, really good, actually, on the way in. I think it's, a, it's, it's been a while, I think, since he's actually won an event. Yeah, yeah you may be right, actually. It would be last year, I think. The last yeah. season, in fact. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd have to double-check that, but I don't think he's won anything recently, anyway. Okay. Um, so I'd like to throw him in because he's really tiny. Little, he is little yeah. tiny guy not, and not just far away not just far away but he is actually quite small because I've seen him in person yeah uh, and I thought he looked great basically okay I'm going to throw in uh, Velikaya for mm-hmm. 
climbing back to the top of the world rankings again in women's sabre and taking the win in Cairo. Oh, yes, I know that about Cairo. It was a relatively late switch because originally the Grand Prix at this time, the Sable Grand Prix at this time of year, was meant to be in Cancun. Yes. But then was switched pretty late, maybe, what, only a couple of months before the event? Mm-hmm. Certainly, uh, yeah, maybe even less than that. So, so could be people out of money for flights then. Oh, undoubtedly, yeah. 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 So I'm not quite sure what happened. If anybody knows the, the detail of why the switch from Cancun to um, Cairo, please do drop us a line because... Uh, it seems a, a curious one, but well done on Cairo for, for stepping up to the Indeed. the plate to take it on. Um, so yeah, so Vela Kai would be a nomination for me, mm-hmm. and the other would be um, Volpe for two reasons. Mm-hmm. Winning Turin, yep. winning your home Grand Prix is going to be a good thing, mm-hmm. um, and for, for doing the interview with uh, Ariana. <laughs> I'm so easily pleased. Well, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, the other one I want to throw in is actually uh, Denmark, Denmark mm. men's epi team, because I'm racking my brain. I can't think the last time they had a run of results like that. Can't, honestly, can't no. think of a time. No, when was that? When, a while back. Uh, yeah, I'm sure if I'm wrong, someone will tell me. Um, I, I would hope so. I yeah. mean, we have we have occasional you know, lapses, the, the occasional laps, yeah. which are, are usually pointed out to us mm-hmm. uh, by a variety of people. Yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, but uh, I'm a, I'm a, but for this case, because it feels so fresh and new, I'm going to also nominate the Danish uh, men's epi team for okay. a string of great results. Good call. Mm-hmm. Good call. Okay, so we need to make an executive decision then. Yep. Remember, we're trying to keep this a short and punchy episode. Okay. Uh, how are we going to decide it then? I don't know. Um, I'll give you a biscuit, one of my fantastic caramel biscuits that are sitting right there if we make it caramel. <laughs> 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 One of your stroop waffles. Stroop waffles, indeed. Mm. I'm quite tempted. Yeah. But I can tell you you're swithering, so who do you think? I am. A lot of strong contenders there. Mm. Got a soft spot for the Danish. I do have a soft spot for the Danish, and I think it's a quality result. It's unusual. Something to talk about. It's really teamed it really well as well. Yeah. But the, the, to be fair, their fences are on a roll, so you kind of expect the team to be sort of dragged along with that. A little more. I'm... I'm going to stay strong with my my nomination of Volpe. Okay. Well, she is a nice person. I've, I've messaged her a couple of times on Instagram and she strikes me as being quite lovely as well. So Okay. Well, we, we, so, can, we can go for Volpe. I think we've had Volpe before, though. Yeah, that's all right. Okay, fine. Okay. We've had next time, Denmark. Next time. We've had... <laughs> we've had Lepeshu about half a dozen times. We, we love Lepeshu, though, right? <laughs> We'd have Max every week if it had my way, but <laughs> that's why you don't get your way. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so Alicia Volpe, coolest fencer on the planet. Indeed. Do you want to give people a quick run through of the exciting things we've got to look forward to for the rest of the season? We're going yeah. to travel a bit. Right, so this is going to be a strain on our home uh, home lives a little bit, but we're not going to No, no, no. My, my wife's glad to see the back of me, so... Oh, uh, all right. <laughs> oh, well, oh, it was put a strain on my home life, but we are, we are going to do a bit of travelling. So where will we start? We'll start with the next one. Next thing that we are going to, mm-hmm. first one for the podcast, we yes. are going to the World Cadet Junior Championships in Turin, in mm-hmm. Poland, Indeed. in April. Mm-hmm. Be we'll be shouting on our fencers, believe it or not. Indeed, yes. Mm-hmm. We're doing, uh, they are masquerading as coaches. Yes, indeed. I'm even going to wear a tracksuit. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. But you, yeah. you, don't, you don't get to wear a Great Britain one. Uh, I'm sure I can rustle up something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's been a few suggestions about what we should wear. Yeah. 
But yes, uh, we, are, we are going to touring for the World Cadets and Juniors. So mm-hmm. uh, we will be doing, hopefully, a lot of coaching. Uh-huh. Uh, and we'll do a bit of podcasting while we're there, I think, mm-hmm. as well. Because we're there for quite a lot of it. We missed, I think, the the first day, which is the Junior Men's Sabre individuals. Yeah. And we're going to miss the last day, which is... A junior Men's Epi Team. Yep. Uh, I'm a bit gutted by it, but it's almost impossible to get back to Britain without multiple changes any other day apart from the days that you booked, Sean. Yeah. I had a good look at this and there was no way I was going to do the, the men's epi team, which is gutting because I obviously have vested interest in there. We do. Yeah. So, Torin? Uh, Torin, yeah. And after then that? After that, we're going to be in Paris again. <laughs> back to Paris, yes. Paris yeah. in the spring this time. Yeah. So it'll be a bit warmer. We're going there to do a bit more commentary for the French Federation. Mm-hmm. Thanks for asking us back. Yeah. Uh, for the men's epi World Cup, the SNCF mm-hmm. Rousseau. Uh, men's AP. I'm really looking forward to that because I've always wanted to go to it and I've never managed to go yeah. so I'm really over the moon to be invited back. Great so we get to spend two whole days behind the microphone in a concrete hall in a concrete hall talking about talking about Indeed. AP. I can hardly wait and then after that we'll be at the World Championships as well yep. that's a nice in, one after that. In Budapest in Budapest, in July, which, so Budapest in the summer absolutely glorious. Well you like it I'm less keen. I like Budapest when it's a bit cooler but you know. Yeah like a bit of sunshine. Although we're not going to be there for St. Stephen's Day, which I think is amazing. So. Okay, well. Yeah. It's amazing if you've never done it. I've never done that, no. Never done it. It's, what's what's uh, the they, they do a big festival for a day. There's like a, it's a two week long festival in the run up to it. Okay. And then on the actual St. Stephen's Day, they close down the centre of Budapest at night and have a massive fireworks display. There's a Red Bull Air race down the Danube. I haven't been in a few years, so maybe they don't do this anymore. But that's what they did <laughs> when I went there. Uh, that's quite cool yeah it's also baking hot you'd love it it was when I did it it was near enough 40 it was oh that's yeah that's too hot (laughs) even for me no but that sounds uh, yeah sounds good yeah so that's our our planned travels globe trotting our globe trotting indeed indeed so I think that's enough uh, enough waffle from us yep indeed so until next time see you next time bye